This is Mike from Global Bodyweight Training. Really excited to have Zach Evanish on the line. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know Zach, he is the creator of Underground Strength Coach. He's a fitness presenter, all-around badass. Um, he's well known for his unconventional style of training, and while doing some research, also found out that you held the titles for Young Mr. Israel and Mid Atlantic Teen. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's. Uh... That's funny that you dug that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a pleasure having you, man. Really excited to uh, to talk to you, and uh, and talk about your program. We get questions all the time uh, at Global Bodyweight Training from people asking, you know, about, you know, this is great. I love the idea of bodyweight training, but you know, where do I start? Um, how do I put the pieces together? Most people are really. <clears throat> comfortable with traditional weight training or strength training, but um, when it comes to body weight only, they just really don't know where to where to start. And um, so you wrote a, a really great book, uh, Body Weight Bodybuilding Secrets, and uh, I, I usually recommend it when people ask me for a solid program. We'll eventually have the entire GBT progressive body weight training program, but in the meantime, um, you know, I always I always recommend your book. And uh, do me a favor before we get started. Just, just give me a little background on on how that came about. Um, I know that that you mention in the book that after years of lifting heavy and experiencing a list of injuries, that eventually began to impede on your quality of life and even your fatherly duties. That uh, you decided to try a body weight only program for a month. And uh, kind of tell us what happened after that. Yeah, so uh, I've been uh, weightlifting of all types and sorts since um, June of 1989. So that was like two weeks before eighth grade ended. And I began uh, back then just typical bodybuilding. That's what you would get out of magazines. And uh, I wrestled in high school and uh, coached wrestling and competed in jiu-jitsu um, through, uh, I'd say, uh, like mid after college, so it was actually while I was doing my graduate studies and working. But in a nutshell, I always trained um, heavy. I always did, like, heavy lifting, whether it be powerlifting or, like, old-school type uh, bodybuilding. And uh, a couple of years ago, this, I think, was... It happened when I first moved to this uh, new town. So uh, three years ago or so, um, I remember, like, just waking up every morning and walking downstairs from our bedroom and like my hands were hurting, my feet and ankles were hurting. And, uh, it was like in the beginning, I was like, well, this is the, the price you pay. You know, I'm kind of like, my mindset is like, I'm always into like aggressive kind of things. And, uh, eventually I, I was like, got to a point where I was like, actually this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, uh, no, like I started, I started uh, going back and reading a lot of my old um, magazines, and I love to collect uh, old stuff from 1950s, 60s, and prior. And uh, the title of one of those magazines was Strength and Health, or Health and Strength. And uh, I just thought it was such an interesting title, such mm -hmm. a unique title, where, like, the two could not be separated. And I have, like, 50, 60, or a little bit more of those magazines. And in those magazines, they were showing um, the guys that were training were built like, they just looked like statues, like carved from stone. And all their training was based around uh, 
a lot of uh, gymnastic, bodyweight-type movements, not just, you know, bodyweight exercises, but movement. You know, they were overall athletes, and also they were doing, you know, barbell lifts. But mm. I felt like I, I just needed to give myself a break. And uh, at the time, my son was, oh, he was just, just shy of two years old, and my daughter was three. And uh, just little things like carrying, like my kids around, like my back was, was aching me, and I just felt that uh, pain, like if my training was going to interfere with my just daily life, then uh, there was something wrong, and I had to fix it. And as a coach, I'm a big uh, believer in if you're going to promote training, then you've got to live it. You've got to mm-hmm. believe it. So whenever I feel beat up, you know, in essence, I, I, I'm good at listening to my body. I back off. And uh, like you said, I wrote the book. I said, I give myself a 30-day test run. I'm just doing body weight training and seeing how my body would react, seeing how uh, my joints and everything else would, uh, would react to laying off of the barbell. So I did all body weight training, but I broke it down um, in this uh, manner that I was very influenced by a coach um, who uh, owns a gym called Westside Barbell, Louis Simmons. Mm-hmm. They're known for yeah, they're known for having the strongest gym in the world. And um, they break down their training. They basically do upper body days, lower body days. So they do a squat and a deadlift in the same day, and a bench press on another day. But they do one day that's strength, and then the other day is speed. And uh, I looked at, uh, you know, when a lot of people would do body weight training, they would use it uh, primarily for conditioning or, like, kind of an afterthought. Right. And uh, something that I, I have been always doing, though, since a young kid, is always did a lot of pull-ups and push-ups, a lot of I mean, from... Uh, the beginning of my workouts, I always did pull-ups and push-ups, and I remember, you know, my early days of being able to do two push-ups in seventh grade. Pull-up, I was able to do, like, one of them. But by practicing it, I remember how strong I got from those bodyweight exercises. So I decided to um, take the training program that they used at Westside Barbell with powerlifting and apply it to bodyweight training. And mm. then I um, came across... Um, I was always looking on YouTube videos of all those guys during the training, and I came across um, two guys that really impressed me. One guy was really young and very strong. Like, I was like, holy crap, I have not seen, like, a build on a guy who only does bodyweight training like this ever. And uh, his name is uh, Metkin, and uh, they call him Little Beast. And at mm-hmm. the time, he was, like, 19 or 20, but he was doing, like, crazy things. Like, he could do, like, you know, 100 dips in a row. Handstand push-ups were, like, I mean, the kid weighed 220 pounds, and he was ripped. And I was like, holy crap. Like, everything he could do, like, the muscle-ups, over 20 bar muscle-ups in a row at over 200 pounds. And it was finally, I was like, well, here's a big guy doing the body weight training at a very high level. Right. I, I, I spoke with him. I spoke with Lee Wade Turner, who's with that group of barbarians. I just asked him a lot of questions. Like, I love to learn. And um, what I saw was those guys were breaking up their training very similar to what Westside Barbell guys did. So uh, I broke down my training into having, like, a strength day. But I focused on training very heavy, so I would add weight to my calisthenics. Then I focused on a uh, speed day. Well, I did a lot of jump training and uh, fast 
explosive movements for both upper body and lower body. Then I did a uh, muscle building day. So for muscle building, I, I, I would do higher reps or maybe like blow motions, and I would do like pauses midway through the rep, and mm-hmm. a lot of bodybuilding techniques. Like you said, I used to be a bodybuilder, so I would employ these bodybuilding techniques to the bodyweight training, and then I'd allow myself the fourth day where I just called it a freestyle workout, and um, when uh, I was a fit elementary phys ed teacher, I used to always take my uh, kids up to the playground, and uh, our warm-up would be on the playground, and I would do it with them. And uh, I thought, you know, you, it's like animal training. You, I know you relate because this is exactly what you do, Mike. And uh, I just would go to playgrounds. I'd search for playgrounds all around the place. The elementary schools always had the best playgrounds. And I'd go and I'd just freestyle. I would have kind of no rule, no agenda to it. Just focus on, on, on uh, letting my body move like an animal. And I would do hand walking and all kinds of... Uh, monkey bar and uh, like cliff walk, kind of cliff hanger climbing off of the monkey bars and down the power bars and all kinds of sprints and jumps and man, I, I, I thought that it would be just a 30 day uh, experiment but uh, four weeks became six weeks, became uh, eight weeks and I think I went for about a half a year without touching a week. No, wow. uh, no barbell, no dumbbell. I think literally I may have had like one workout here and there well, I would jump in with my athletes at the gym and I would maybe hit like a kettlebell exercise or a sandbag, but I, I did it so minimally that, and it just, my body and my mind even weren't like taking to the external resistance. Like I just did um, all the bodyweight stuff and I started just feeling, just, I started feeling athletic again, the pain in my body went away, and also by just focusing on the bodyweight training, I just, I slimmed down. And when you're doing all that body weight training, if you're a bigger guy like myself, it's tougher. But uh, I just felt great. I, I felt like a healthy person again. And uh, I said to myself, I'm just going to keep doing this until my body tells me it's time to pick up a barbell or something heavy again. Right. And uh, I felt great, man. I, I just, just, those injuries were probably like the blessing in disguise, the best things that could happen to me ever. Well, you mentioned a lot of really great stuff there, and um, you know, I, I've I have a very similar story to that, and that's that's pretty much what got what what really um, inspired me to get into body weight training is you know I I've been lifting weights since I was I was a kid. My dad was a big inspiration for me, and uh, I I started I became a, a trainer at at 18, got my first training certification, and and it was a huge part of my life, and I just you know, obsessively gathered information about different training styles and, and, and different ideas and philosophies. And at one point in in my journey, I was, you know, I just wanted to get jacked. You know, I just wanted to put on as, as much weight as possible and, and lift heavy things. And, and, uh, and I ended up putting on about 50 pounds over the course of a year. And, man, I got to tell you, as much as I knew about proper program design, and periodization, and I, I felt awful, man. I mean, I had so many just acute injuries and inflammation, and I just knew that it was something that I wasn't going to be able to sustain much longer. Nor did I want to, you know. Right. And yeah. and so I just I I did the exact same thing. I I put down the weights and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go completely outside of my comfort zone, 
and I'm just going to try to experience body weight only disciplines. And so I, that's where, you know, just like you said, I went to the best person that, that was available to me, and I found a great gymnastics coach, I found a great parkour coach, I found a great hand balancing coach, even breakdancing coach. You know, I just, I really experienced all these different disciplines that were skill based. And it just, man, it blew my mind wide open, you know, to the idea of, okay, you know, I'm so, I'm so accustomed to integrated movements, uh, I'm sorry, isolated movements, but then, you know, if I can integrate these movements and, and learn these skills and, and see what I'm actually capable of uh, and what I've been training for all of these years, you know, is there going to be much of an overlap? And, and that's where we get into that whole idea of, you know, what is strength? How can we measure strength? Then when we get into complexity and neural drive and learning and adaptation and all of these things, I mean, it's incredible. You know, at 30-something years old, I learned how to run up a wall and do a backflip, and I was like, "Oh man, this is the coolest thing ever!" Crazy. You know, crazy. Yeah, your body will. Uh, it's so like your body will can't handle. I just don't think like we're meant to be that big. Uh, you know, like what you're saying. Like your body will send you signs when it's not in its right uh, state of. Uh, I guess like physicality. Yeah. is the right word, and uh, that's why, like, I was, I just don't respect, like, any of the bodybuilding stuff of today, because back in, you know, going back to, like, the 70s, even those guys were, they incorporated gymnastic drills, and or they really respected bodyweight stuff, and uh, today, you know, I work with a lot of primarily high school athletes at my gym. Uh, but online, we, you know, we actually have a lot of uh, guys our age, 30s and even older. And uh, working with these high school athletes, uh, even their coaches just don't have a good understanding. Or even the word I use, they just don't respect the power of body retraining. So we'll have, uh, you know, I'll run uh, seminars and clinics for high school teams. And the first thing we do is go through our body weight warm-up. And that is our assessment. And you can see, uh, like, 80% or more, usually in the 90% range, can't do a full body weight squat with a good, you know, butt back, knees right. out, getting low. They don't have the hip mobility. And uh, I always say, like, man, if I knew what I knew now, like learning what you guys do at Global Body Weight and the body weight bodybuilding stuff, uh, and I would have, that would have been the first thing I went into, as well as what athletes are doing nowadays. You know, like what you're saying, you're able to do a backflip. Like, that's not just skill, that's power. That's, right. That's athleticism. It's all, it's all blended into one. And I've learned, I learned it years ago that uh, it doesn't matter how much you could lift. If you, you know, I've met many guys that could um, bench press 315, could squat and deadlift 405, but they were very unimpressive. And I just called those guys uh, strong and useless. Like, they're big, and it's, and it's and it stops there, and that's the worst place to be in, whether you're an athlete or just somebody into fitness. It's just your your body is meant, it's supposed to be meant to be able to perform, and uh, you know, some people know they're happy, you know what I mean, just being big and jacked, but I, like, uh, you know, if, if the shit hits the fan and you have to be able to perform, uh, when you're just big, you can't, you can't, kind of, I always call it like training for life. You're not ready for the things that uh, your body needs to be able to do 
in an uninhibited manner, without pain, freedom to move, and that's really the power of body retraining. It's not going to uh, beat your body up unless you really overdo, you know, like a certain exercise, a certain movement, and a good program obviously won't allow you to do that. Right, and you, you completely hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I had the opportunity to train with a couple of parkour teams in France, and, you know, they... They just they they take that training literally as a way of life, and they have two kind of unofficial sayings, which one is to train to last, and two is to be strong to be useful. And just like you said, I mean, you know, that's that's fantastic if you have that much muscle and you're that strong, and and for some guys that's okay, but you know, how can you apply it to athleticism? I think is is where the real factor is, you know, and that that kind of shows us, okay, you know, what are we actually training for? And that gets back to that idea of, I consider every day that I go and train, I consider it to be a practice. You know, every day is a practice. I'm working towards this greater goal. And whether, you know, I, I always kind of say, you know, it's great whenever you add five pounds to your bench press, that's awesome. But whenever you get your first muscle up or <laughs> your first single arm push-up, your first pistol squat, your first handstand push-up, whatever it may be, like, you'll never forget that day. And that was, just like you said, that was such a huge part of bodybuilding, you know, in the 70s, or, you know, that's where they did. They understood athleticism. They had respect for gymnastics and other very high-level skills and practices. And it was very common to see them practicing handstands, you know, or yeah. see who could hold the a original, handstand. Uh, yeah, the original um, Venice or uh, they, I think they stopped, they said, on Sundays, I know Arnold used to even go there, uh, but they stopped it because the crowd got so big that it was like deterring the people from going on the boardwalk and going on the ride. They said it was like thousands of people would gather around um, with all the acrobatics that were happening uh, on the beach. And if you look at all those photos, it's all uh, hand balancing and partner training and the physiques. You know, people are really, like, chasing just the physique. You know, look at the physiques of those. Um, I don't know if they considered themselves bodybuilders or whatnot because they, they did bodybuilding movements, but they also did the gymnastics, all the bodyweight stuff. And uh, they were, like, they didn't discriminate against uh, exercises, but they took all of it seriously. You know what right. I mean? And their physiques, literally... They all looked kind of like they were carved out of stone. They all had that, like, statuesque look, but they're also very strong. It's the things that they were doing just required an immense amount of strength, and that's where I think um, it, it takes, like you're saying, all your workouts are a practice, and I think nowadays we want to get everything fast, fast. That's the thing about body retraining is you need to practice it if you want to go beyond just being good at it, if you want to get great at it. So whenever we uh, train these athletes and they're always blending in to train with us with the baseball player, they're going to um, they're going to the batting cages or to have a pitching coach. If it's wrestlers, they're going to wrestling club. So their additional homework is to do all the body weight training. And it's like week after week, you can see them getting better at handstand work, mm -hmm. at squatting, at doing pull-ups with all the different angles. And uh, it's just, you know, the, the whole gist beyond the bodyweight training is that you could just 
increase in performance without feeding up your body. And if you listen to anybody that's a uh, that's like a really a diehard listener, they're all in pain, and that's right. the place where I want to help people move away from. And that's why I, you know, that's why I love what you're doing, and that's it's like I, I feel like. This is really where the new wave of where we need to help bring people to see it to get them truly healthy, strong, fit, be it for athletics or be it just for day-to-day life, you know? Absolutely. So powerful. Absolutely. And, and just like you said, um, you know, even just the, you said, you know, being carved out of stone, and it really is, that's where we get back to that, that you know, specific adaptations. You know, it's, it's like, okay, if you have something where now our body is forced to react to this this stimulus which may be balance and proprioception as well as strength and endurance and power and now the stabilizers and the neuromuscular connectivity play a huge role and then now we've, we're getting these bodies that they're being designed out of necessity so that's why the symmetry is so beautiful aesthetically you know I, I truly believe that you know when we look at bodies that are truly functioning as an integrated and global unit their muscle shows it you know it's it, yeah. it's like it actually shows it and it's not one muscle uh being worked to death it's it's these force couples or it's these these integrating these systems and um and it's so specific to the demand so it's like you know we always say you know how do you get good at hand balancing you do hand balancing you know it's just kind of like it's so specific to your practice and what you want to put into it just like you mentioned you know everyone's so used to getting what they want fast you know i want to get these results as fast as possible and they lose that idea of earning it you know and really being directed and focused on what the end goal is and working towards that every single day and keeping in mind overall total body health and to train to last and, and kind of empowering them to say, look, this is the one body that you're given. How are you going to treat it? You're right. The tough thing is if anybody's listening, they might be saying, I'm not hurting. And usually that's what takes people, like pain is what, like Tony Robbins always says, we're driven by pain and pleasure. So pain is always the, the guiding light that finally sets somebody over the edge. But I, I actually remember when uh, when I was in college, that the school that I went to had a uh, real successful Division three wrestling program, and uh, our instructor was a uh, two-time All-American. And uh, she would take us through these workouts that I spent. Like, they resonate with me to this day, and I still use them. Things like when we would do workouts, he had us doing hand-walking on the parallel bars, forwards and backwards. He'd have us go on the pommel horse, and we would do knee tucks uh, with our feet going behind the pommel horse and mm-hmm. in front of the pommel horse. I was like, I-, I remember doing, like, two or three of them, and he said we had to do ten of them. And, and everything that he would show us would, like, uh, kind of, like, break me down in such a way that exposed that all my training wasn't, like, truly, it was good, but it wasn't, like, truly powerful. And then him showing us the bar muscle up, all those things, and I remember saying, like, oh, man, if only I would have known this stuff when I was a high school wrestler. Mm. And uh, those are the things, even the, the all the cartwheels and the tumbling, I do that with our athletes all the time. And now that I have this new gym with surf, like we're always doing, cartwheels, round-offs, forward roll, partner hand-walking where they're holding your ankles, 
and uh, I do it every time I go to a wrestling club to train teams. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it does the same thing for them that it does for me. It breaks them down. And I say, guys, we're all, I said, I used to lift just like you, traditional. I go, but we just did bodyweight training, and all of you had a tough time with the warm-up. Right. And we didn't start the workout yet. And uh, I've done it at Blair Academy, which is the number one uh, high school team in the country. And they're always just blown away by the body weight, by the body weight stuff, which shows that um, body weight training, it's like, that's our, it's the essence of movement, yet so many people are skipping it, and that it's, it's tougher than everything else. And that might be why people skip it, and it just comes down to, you know, listen to what you just said. Just practice it. Don't go in thinking it's a workout. Go practice, do low repetition, learn the skills, and uh, your body will, little by little, uh, kind of like thrive in the body weight training. But I always go back to, uh, you know, Coach Rick exposing my uh, my weaknesses when I thought that I was, you know, like just a badass. Well, that's, I mean, exactly. That's that's the the great thing about it. Is it can be such a very humbling experience, and you can show someone right away the value and need uh, for bodyweight training. And again, just like you said, it's, you know, it's, a lot of people may skip it because you're right. It's it's hard, you know, and it's taking them outside of that comfort zone. And let's face it, you know. As macho as, as some of us are, you know, it's just like, man, we don't want to do stuff that's hard or that that we're not good at. And so to really challenge someone and say, look, you know, that's fantastic that you can bench press that much weight, but you know, let's see, let's see you do a clapping push up, or let's see, you know, let's try a muscle up, or whatever it may be. But again, it immediately it kind of sh- kind of puts us in our place and shows us room for improvement. And that's the other thing is that a lot of pe- you know a lot of people think about you know oh there's there's only so much so far you can go with body weight training or there's limits with body weight training but with all of the exercise variables whether it be tempo rest um complexity you know rep ranges volume i mean there's so many different variables that we can change to continue to increase the load and challenge i mean you know just like any other program and even more so because we really are using our entire body uh you know whether it be adding like we said complexity or just changing the tempo going from you know faster high repetition sets to you know really slow controlled more focusing on strength endurance and so it's it's just there's so many different things and options to work with to continue to improve in all of those areas yeah the, the, i think the thing is like what you were saying Mike, is it is so humbling that uh <clears throat> Like, people are like, man, dude, this is going to take me forever to do it. So, or forever to get good at it. And that's, like, what we'll do is we will incorporate the body weight training. Uh, it's always in the warm-up. But if we feel like we really need to, like, improve upon a skill, then we'll have our athletes do it, or I'll personally do it in my own workouts on the regular. So if we're not doing too hot with our handstand work, then I'll tell them, Work handstand holds against the wall at home. Mm-hmm. Say two, three, two, three times a day, just kick up and hold. Get comfortable being upside down. Learn to be tight, feet together, abs and butt tight. And then we'll throw it in during the warm-up. And we've used uh, body weight exercises to help guys improve their lifts. And same thing with um, 
the guys that want to up their bench, when we get them good at the handstand work, their shoulders, they just get so tight doing that stuff. Their body, like they understand uh, how you were talking about full body integration. We, that's what we teach when we train. So we say, you're doing a push-up. It's not just upper body. You work your abs. You squeeze your abs, mm-hmm. your butt, your legs. even squeeze the floor with your fingers. So mm-hmm. they learn through the body weight movement, uh, you know, to get strong. So anybody that's like, oh, this is very humbling, that's the good thing. We, we want workouts to be challenging for you. So use those body weight exercises. Put them into your warm-up or part of the workout first. Uh-huh. Put them first. And then you could go and do your, uh, you know, whatever whatever training it is that you do. So it's, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough the power behind doing these uh, body weight exercises. Like you said, there's all these little tweaks, and, you know, like especially lately I've been using a lot of rings for my pull-ups and uh, push-ups. And just at the top, turning your thumbs out, and it, like, nails your shoulders mm-hmm. and, it's all these little kind of nuances to make your body strong. Like I was listening when you said in the beginning, like you were getting acute injuries. When you always lift uh, barbells, dumbbells, odd objects, all that stuff, you hit the big muscles. You don't hit a lot of those little muscles, which body weight training is actually going to do. And those little muscles, when they're uh, injured, will literally, they will wreak havoc. Like I, from experience, and um, I was uh, getting pain, like, all around my shoulder blade area, like my subscap, my infraspinatus, teres, those little muscles. And once I started focusing on turning out my thumbs while doing uh, ring push-ups, while doing, and I started doing more underhand pull-ups, more supinated grips, mm-hmm. start getting external rotation. My, uh, I basically activated the muscles that weren't getting hit from all the big lifting, and and it literally started like healing my body. So the little muscles were screaming like, "Dude, we're getting overpowered and smashed by the big muscles. You need to wake us up." So it's like a little bit of tweaking in the body weight training fixed things, and it always just like amazing to me that the body sends you messages when you're not doing the right thing. And I, th- I think I think a lot of people <clears throat> um, underestimate the power of neuromuscular adaptation and the power of increasing and activating our neural drive throughout the entire body or even to a joint that's going to have such a high carryover to successive weight training. You know, even in our animal flow, um, you know, we start off, and, and usually any clients I work with or any workshops I start off with, we start off with what we call a static beast position. And that's, you know, basically knees are underneath the belly button. You're pulling the knees about an inch off the ground, and you're just holding that straight elbows, just supporting your body weight. And what all that's doing is just telling your body, okay, let's activate. It's time to create connectivity and communication within the body. So now that shoulder girdle and that shoulder joint are becoming active. They're sending and receiving messages. They're turning that neural drive up. They're preparing the body for the workout. And also as well, you know, just creating that scapular stability and then giving a little bit of a corkscrew maneuver, a little bit of external rotation. We're opening up that anterior capsule and we're just creating so much shoulder health and stability that it's just going to have such a 
huge carryover into whatever the exercise may be or the workout may be for that day. And that's the cool thing is that with these body weight training movements, is we we literally are just telling the central nervous system to wake up. You know, this is time. Let's 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 create this synergistic effect within the entire body and and really tweak that and amp it up and get it ready for the workout, no matter what the workout may be. So it's just kind of right. you know turning it on, saying let's do this. You know, let's let's activate. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah, dude, this, um, funny, like, you're talking about, like, the shoulders and getting the shoulder girl, the shoulder girl, kind of, like, to activate. I, I saw this, uh, photo, um, this website came and, uh, did a story on our gym, and they took a photo where I was facing the athlete, and so you see my back and my, like, shoulders were slouched down, uh-huh. and basically, you know, they call it, like, anterior depressed mm-hmm. depression, and, uh, my body was like what you're saying. It wasn't active. It, like the shoulders weren't active. They were kind of like asleep. And all I started doing, this is like the essence of body retraining is posture and yeah. body positioning. So I started focusing big time on posture. And uh, my buddy Kelly Surrett, he does uh, his uh, course called Mobility Wad. And, and everything starts in how, is, uh, how do you move? That and have and the first thing it is is before you move, what how what is your posture? Mm. I remember going out to eat with him once, and I saw how he was sitting while he ate. Curse how I was sitting. And I was like, gosh, like my posture is just crap. So I started focusing on my posture, and week by week, my shoulders and the pain that I was getting in the subscap, like all the way under my armpits and into the pec, started going away. And it wasn't necessarily from doing exercises. It was from fixing my posture right. and really being aware of it. So I said, okay, now I tell the athletes, if I look, if I look at your upper back from, uh, and I see like your t-shirt, I shouldn't see your, your upper back and traps like smooth. I should see your traps up and slightly back. I should see them kind of poking out of your shirt. And, uh, that's why I like what you do because it, it not only activates, but also opens up the body. And now, more than ever, through the human population and the, and the way that we work, you know, sitting a lot and, and even kids sitting at, at desk all day, it puts you, you know, your uh, hips and, and uh, knees are always at 90-degree flexion and your upper back is rounded, that if you're not, if your training isn't mixing in mobility, movement, activation, it's like only a matter of time before you get hurt. And that's like why I always have all these stories because that's what always kind of teaches us uh, how to start becoming better as you're in pain. And that's really the essence why I love like what you and I do with the body weight training because it's going to teach you how to move better, not just when you're exercising, but for life. And that's posture. That means your your abs are slightly activated all the time, whether you're sitting or standing. And uh, you're right, dude. It's like activation. It's posture, and it's just moving that moving the body. Practice, practice the movement. And I, I can't emphasize enough to people, especially now. You know, you and I are doing this interview. The weather's warm. It's in the 70s in New Jersey. So that's like a you know that's not a, a common weather here. But this is the perfect time. I like to tell people. You got to at least get one day a week out of the gym. So if you live in yeah. Manhattan and you're training, at, you know, at any of the gyms in the city, then at least one day of the week, get to uh, one of those playgrounds or get to Central Park 
and just move. Don't touch a weight. Don't touch any external resistance. Just use your body. And yeah. by giving your body that, like, chance, I always found that people start moving more towards the body weight training, and they start realizing, holy crap, this is powerful. And uh, you gotta, you got to incorporate it during the warm-up, and you got to give it a chance, uh, especially when the weather's warm, if you're in a cold-weather state. At least one day a week outside. Get no, no, you know, traditional gym training. That's perfect, man. I, and I always say, you know, it's kind of cheesy, but I always say, you know, the, the biggest movement in fitness right now is movement which is a beautiful thing, you know, it's, I mean, we're finally kind of getting back to that idea of movement is function, you know, movement is health, and the idea of just bringing fun back into it, you know, just, just getting outside, like you said, get outside, have fun, move around in your own body, in your own skin, you know, like experience moving through multiple planes of motion. We always, in some of the workshops, I always mention, and kind of like, you, you just said earlier, you know, I break down the scenario of, of someone who has a desk job and, you know, take them through the entire day, and they, they may be spending 85% of their day in a locked-in hip position, upper yep. cross syndrome, forward head carriage. You know, I mean, we're talking 80-something percent of the day. And then I always, you know, ask, okay, and then let's call him John. What happens when John comes into the gym and he doesn't get to work with one of us? What's John do? Bench press, bicep curls, trunk flexion, right. you know, it's like... Like what you're saying, a, a person who's a, uh, like a uh, corporate type worker sitting a lot, mm -hmm. about bodily trainings, we can regress everything, we can make everything easier as, as you know, as you need, or, you know, like a Navy SEAL, a uh, former Navy SEAL went through the workout, hand walking, and that, that's not even the advanced version, but we can make it even harder. So right. that's, so the, the body weight training, the thing about body weight training is it doesn't discriminate against anybody. <laughs> so it doesn't matter um, your age or how heavy or how light you are. Like there's just uh, there's progressions and regressions for all of us. And you're right, dude. Movement, it's uh, great to see it coming back full circle that there's certainly some forward-thinking people out there. Um, and for coaches, uh, if there's coaches listening to this, not just you know, people chasing greater fitness for the coaches, you know, this is this is critical for them to learn how to uh, really manipulate and maneuver the body and train people using body weight training. Um, and, and I'm always grateful for the gymnastics training that I had in undergrad because that really, like, gave me the uh, foundation to, uh -huh. to really... I had to know how to use the body, and uh, it's just like the, the power body weight training is uh, something that I, w I want to see people really, uh, really put into use. It's just there's, there's no two ways about it. To, to, to move and train like an animal, that's the way to go. Yeah, and it, it's just empowering. You know, it's empowering to think, like, I don't need... I don't need a single external tool. I've got everything I need right here. I've got my body and gravity, and that's it. You know, and that was, yeah. that was the whole idea with, with GBT, and because, because it was so influential in my journey, I was like, man, I've got to share this with other people. You know, I've got to share this with other trainers, other fitness professionals, other just, you know, fitness enthusiasts, and it's, you know, just, just like you said, it's, you know, there are so many variations, progressions, regressions that it, it doesn't discriminate. I mean, anyone can, can 
can can kind of change or manipulate the variation to where it's perfect for them and then or perfect for the goal that they have in mind, whether it be power, strength, endurance, you know, that's where we can again get back to those variables. Um, and, and and it's just I wanted to, sh you know, that, that was the whole idea. Let's put out videos, instructional videos, so we can, I can just share this with other people and they can see how powerful this can be. And I, I don't want to. I can. I can probably geek out with you the rest of the day talking about this. So I want to get back to <laughs> to uh, the, your book um, quickly be before I take all your time up. Um, I, I just want to mention a couple things in your book. You uh, you mentioned uh, the term soul lifter, which I thought is cool. I want you to kind of. I think we've kind of already hit on a little bit, but I want you to kind of expand on that. And then also the greasing the groove technique you put in there, which I think is really cool. Uh, do you want to give us a quick breakdown on those? Yeah, absolutely. So the soul lifter idea came to me from, you know, uh, you and I are, are, I think we're the same age, I'm 37, and when I was in maybe middle school, there was that movie, that surf movie called North Shore. Do you remember mm -hmm. that movie? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'll never get that movie, and the one kid that's in the movie, like, getting trained to surf uh, by this one guy who's uh, a Native Islander, would tell, like, had all these surfboards. There must have been like 30, 40 surfboards from huge boards that looked like they were like 15 feet long to short boards that were like five foot and change. And uh, he explained to him what a soul surfer is, like a guy who doesn't discriminate against any surfboard. He, he'll surf on a surfboard, a, a boogie board, or just his own body. You know, he's got like this respect for the ocean. Uh -huh. And um, I remember when I started doing this bodyweight training, I've always been, like, pretty um, deep with, uh, like, what training does for the mind, like a form of, of meditation, you know, like a calming effect, mm -hmm. and uh, it's like a ritual for me. So I, I really don't discriminate against any training unless it's, like, machine-type stuff. It's mm -hmm. just, hey, I just, you know, that's my past, and I feel like that's what I am. I'm a soul lifter. Like, I can go out. And I could train any bodyweight exercise, or I could use odd objects, or kettlebells, or powerlifting. And uh, the soul lifting is like you just follow your instincts. Like, what does your body tell you to do? What does your mind tell you to do? And that's the direction you move in. And I feel like when you're a, uh, when you do bodyweight training, like, there's just, it feels so good to train and be outside amongst fresh air. Like to me, that's just I love that compared to being in the gym and hearing people gossip or mm -hmm. being on the cell phones. Like to me, it just kills the beauty of exercise, and that's why I love just kind of let the body do its thing, soulless. And uh, with regards to grease the groove, um, I learned that from Pavel Satsulin, and uh, Pavel's a big kettlebell, body weight, just an all-around strength guy. Uh, strength is his thing, and he always talks about strength is a skill. Practice it. Mm -hmm. Don't train for fatigue or exhaustion. And um, he has uh, done a lot of talk about grease the groove. So you want to get good at your pistol, you want to get good at your pull-up and one-arm push-up, you grease the groove, which is essentially, uh, I was doing this when I was young in high school and didn't even know I was doing it, but when I wanted to get good at push-ups, Actually, I was in seventh grade, um, and that first time I told you I did push-ups, I was losing arm wrestling matches to all these kids 
in the neighborhood one night. Everybody was arm wrestling. I, I didn't win one match. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> so I, I mean, I went home that night. It was the summer before seventh grade. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to start doing push-ups. I'm going to win some arm wrestle matches. And I remember that night I did two push-ups. And I was like, oh, God, this is so pathetic. Like, I could only do two push-ups. So I said, I'm going to do push-ups um, every morning when I wake up, every day, before or after dinner, and again before I go to bed. And uh, I remember saying to myself, uh, I'm just going to, you know, like, beat my record each time. So if I do two today, tomorrow will be three. The next day, four. I said, I know I'll be strong when I can do 20 push-ups. And I remember that first time I did 20 push-ups, I was on top of the world. <laughs> it took such a short time to just add one rep a day, which is great when you're when you're a beginner or intermediate. But, you know, my friend Jeff Martone once told me he was doing pull-ups at the Arnold Sports Festival, um, and he was doing pull-ups one rep at a time with the 88-pound kettlebell strapped to a weight belt. And he said, like, probably like every hour he was doing one rep. But he was trying to do the 106-pound pull-up challenge, and he could never get it. He said a couple of days after the Arnold Sports Festival, can't remember if it was like two or three days of him doing one pull-up on the hour every hour for, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours a day. He's like, dude, I, I warmed up a little bit, put the 106-pound kettlebell around my waist up. He's like, boom, I banged out such a clean, easy rep. He's like, it was because I spent those, those whatever days, I don't know if it was two or three, to increase the groove with the ADA. Mm. And uh, that really impressed me because he was at a very high level of strength and to increase the groove took him to an even higher level of strength. And that's, you know, where I think uh, when I was very busy um, between uh, I was working as a teacher, running a gym, running my online business, I was doing chunking. I didn't call it grease the groove, but I was doing these short workouts well, I would do like five minutes of back-to-back pull-ups and dips. Then, like the next morning or the later in the day, I might do like uh, five minutes of uh, squat jumps, lunge jumps, and kettlebell swings. So I'd do these like mini workouts, and uh, I was still getting strong. I was like getting—I was still getting strong. In fact, I remember doing one on clean and presses for five reps of the 88-pound kettlebell, combining it with things like pull-ups, uh, recline rowing. And I was always doing them in, like, five, ten-minute chunks. Mm-hmm. So these, you know, when you're busy and you can do these shorter, like, uh, mini, I don't even want to call them mini workouts, but just, like, do a set or two a couple times throughout your day, you know, for a few weeks in a row, the strength and the skill add up. So that's where, uh, you know, Grease the Groove, I've been doing it since I was, like, 11 years old. It's just never failed. Never failed to, not, to to produce results. Yeah, it is such a powerful technique, and that's why I was I was really I was really uh, excited to see it in the book because it, it it's it's a very progressive overload, you know. So and the, the whole kind of key behind it is that neural adaptation and efficiency. You know, it's kind of like when we talk about you know the first however many six to eight weeks. Uh, we see in someone who just starts a strength program, they increase strength, and it may not be actual muscle strength, it may be due to muscle strength, but also to that neural adaptation, their body's learning how to become more efficient at it. And that's the cool thing about greasing the groove is that we're taking someone in a pattern, but not allowing them to fatigue themselves. 
you know, just bring yep. them right under fatigue, then their body can adapt to that and not be completely shut down or, or overtrained by it. And just kind of uh, digesting those little segments of exercise will eventually add up, uh, in, in, and usually pretty quickly, uh, to increasing your rep range or increasing your strength or whatever it may be. But it, it is a very useful technique. And sometimes, you know, people say, okay, you know, every time you get up to use the restroom and you walk by your, your your chin-up bar that's hanging in the doorway, you know, do a submax set of reps, you know, grease the groove. And then, it's awesome. Yeah. It's just, like you said, it, it, uh, it, you can reinforce your skill because you're not going to fatigue. So you never go, you never max out. Um, you, don't, you don't crush yourself on any one set. And I know that's also a big concern for people that have busy lives, work and family. They're like, I'm afraid if I work out, it'll just really take away my energy to even literally, you know, be semi-useful as a, uh, you know, as a uh, husband, wife, or person in the house. So, you know, the grease the groove, I, I think it's the essence of training. You don't want your training to uh, smash you unless you need specifically to train for mental toughness. Mm -hmm. If not, mm -hmm. you know, then you should always leave a little bit in the tank each set, and you should finish your workout feeling like you could have done a little bit more, right. that's what will it'll motivate you to come back the next day. And also, you know, we're training for life. We don't want training to interfere with life. We want it to only contribute and make life, you know, better. To train to last, exactly. Um, well, Zach, I won't take up too much more of your time, but the... The book is called Bodyweight Bodybuilding Secrets. Uh, it's like I said, I highly endorse it. I highly recommend it. Anytime that I get questions about where to start with bodyweight training or how do I start a bodyweight program, I always recommend your book. Uh, is, is there anything else that you want to add as far as you know getting started with bodyweight training? As far as you know, setting goals, anything like that? Give it. You know, I can't emphasize enough. Just give it a chance. You got to uh, start incorporating it into your warm-ups, and uh, like what I recommended earlier, is one day a week, don't do your traditional lift. Don't go to the gym. Just go out, find a uh, local playground. Usually, the elementary schools are best. Some parks, depending on where you live, are good. But find some parallel bars, some monkey bars, and just be that kid again, and uh, you'll be amazed, you know, at how how it'll make you feel. And uh, if they you kind of like don't know how to do this. Like if you go to my uh, blog and use the search bar, and you might type in like body weight training or playground workout. You'll see like our videos and stuff like that on uh, on how I use it and how our athletes use it. And it's like I use it myself. My athletes use it. So like I said, it doesn't discriminate. So I'd like to see people one day a week get out to the playground and just let it happen. Go be soul lifter. Awesome, man. Uh, again, this is Michael, Global Bodyweight Training. Really psyched to have Zach Evanesh and talking about his book, Bodyweight Bodybuilding Secrets. Man, thank you so much for your time, and it was really good catching up with you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mike. Take care, everybody.